Hello and welcome to another episode of the NAMM podcast, the premier LCS podcast, as Travis Goffer will call it. My name is Andrea, and today I'm taking over because we are going to discuss everything about the NACL, aka the NA Challengers League, aka the Salt League. For this, I have with me two of our favorite NAMN regulars and a couple of very special guests. So let's hear some introductions. Uh, hi, I'm John, aka John the Ho, aka EG John the Ho, aka UCSB John the Ho, aka NA Men podcast host. Hello, my name is Maya. You probably know me as Miracle on Twitter, except it's spelled weird because I was inspired by Reckless at the age of 11 and didn't bother to change my gamer tag. I am Colomer, aka. Uh, I do way too many things in esports. You might know me from collegiate as like one of the main uh, collegiate subject matter mm. experts in NA. I'm also the general manager for Native Gaming, one of the teams that's going to be in the NACL online qualifiers. Uh, you also might know me for my spam of uh, cat photos for my cat Zuby. Hello, my name is Smacks. Uh, well, my name is Summer, but you can call me Smacks or Summer, whichever. Uh, Smacks is what I go by when I'm casting and things, and that's what I do. I casted a bunch of the Proving Grounds the last couple of years, but the Proving Grounds, you know, rest in peace. We got to move on to bigger and better things. As Andrea said, the Salt League is upon us. So very excited for Salt League and a very uh, good friend of podcasts in general. So glad to be here. <laughs> okay. I have been warned that... Um or special guests like talking a lot. So let's get mm, started that's what then. They pay me for. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, yes, indeed, uh, Academy mm. is over. Proving Grounds is over. No more of that. We have a new system in place. Um, so uh, we asked on Twitter and on Discord, uh, so everyone could send some questions. Uh, that they wanted to talk about in regards of the NACL. And we're going to be discussing some of those questions uh, as well as some additional topics that we have prepared. Um, we got a good amount of questions about the format. So we got a question from typical T with three A's. That is, uh, what is something you are excited about for the new format? So while we discuss uh, what are the changes of the format, you can, if anyone wants to talk, a little bit about something that's exciting about it. Uh, it's open to anyone. Uh, I can go first. Uh, so yeah, just to cover the format changes for anyone who's not aware, uh, Academy instead of 10 teams is now 16 teams. It's the 10 Academy teams. And then uh, how it ended up, long story short, it's three amateur affiliates. So third teams for LCS orgs, uh, Team Liquid, FlyQuest, and CLG. And then three of the top amateur teams that got in through uh, application. Uh, and then those teams are going to play a regular season uh, with each other, just like, you know, old Academy regular season. Uh, I think one of the best mm -hmm. parts about the format, as someone who comes from, like, the amateur circuit mostly, is the amount of games that teams are actually going to get against Academy teams, like the mm -hmm. amateur ones specifically. Because under the old format, you would play a bunch of tournaments against amateur teams. And if you were a really, really good amateur team, you might just, you know, mop the floor with everyone. And then you would get into the tournament, and then you would play two best of threes. And like maybe one of those is against Academy team, and then you would be out. And there's the whole season gone. So this gives a lot more exposure uh, for these amateur players to Academy rosters and stuff like that. It's good practice, stuff like that. And I think it's long-term really good for the development of the league. Uh, so that's what I'm most excited about. That's a pretty big change. Um, like like uh, Colmer said, the interaction between the amateur teams that were selected and the challenger teams as they're now called columnar gonna have to get used to that <laughs> my bad the I will challenger improve. teams that's the academy equivalent adjustment <laughs> yeah it will be an adjustment can we just talk about this for a second like mm -hmm. we're putting c at the end of every mm. lcs team now instead of a uh that's gonna be a little ugly? weird i don't think i don't i don't know how i Wait, feel about does, it yet as far as like team liquid TLC. Yes, yes, yes exactly. That's, that's exactly where I was going with that. I'm glad you got ahead of it because I propose that their theme song is No Scrubs. <laughs> I think that they should buy the rights to the song. Um, so anyway, um, with that, yeah, the 
the the naming convention more of a meme uh, than anything. Obviously, it doesn't matter that much. But um, yeah, the entire length of the the season is going to be a bit different because there are 16 teams in the league now. Um, every team is going to be playing a little bit less games overall, but they are going to be playing a different amount of teams, right? Because instead of playing against nine teams four times, you're playing against 15 teams twice. Um, and it is still going to be best of two. They did say that in the uh, the format thing. So I think uh, the, the preparation aspect of it is a little a little interesting for the teams going in, but obviously that stuff is going to matter less than the uh, the really big stuff, which is, of course, uh, like I'm just repeating Colmer at this point, like the, the amateur teams being in a direct ecosystem with academy teams for a much longer amount of time is really huge. That's okay. That Colmer guy makes great points. I feel free to repeat him as I've much as heard, possible. I've heard, yeah. I've never met that guy before, but I've definitely heard that. Yeah. I think the thing that I'm most excited for is just more teams means more players kind of have a shot to like prove themselves, showcase their skills, because admittedly, I barely watch any amateur. I watch Academy sometimes, but in general, I know I think more people watch Academy than amateur. So mm-hmm. more yeah. players means more, more like more like a better chance for them to like, you know, climb up. Now, me, I think there's a couple of things. It's pretty layered. So I want to break it down. One, I think John made a good point that people are less likely to watch amateur and than academy. And putting those two in the same league solves a problem of, um, you know, having lower viewership directed there. That's one. And two, I think what it does uh, indirectly in that sense is it directs visibility towards Tier two teams that may not directly be affiliated with tier one teams. So like, let's take a look. A lot of the orgs in Europe, it's actually the T two orgs that are more popular. I'm I, I don't know how many people here, at least, uh, and when I say here, I mean in North American audience, have heard of Carmine Corp. They are probably one of the biggest organizations in all of Europe. They're in tier two. Something like um, Koi, although Koi doesn't count. I suppose they're they bought their way into the LEC now, but a lot of these tier two orgs have insane fan bases. Um, and I think that opening up a, a league or a sort of platform in any way, shape, or form where our tier two orgs can also probably build their brands is great. You know, we have our AoEs and Mass Effects and, you know, I can't even name more than two. And I think I'm someone that is um, in the upper percentiles of Academy and Amateur Watchers. So I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see if that can build that up. And also, I think that it is great in terms of um, player mobility, but I'm sure we'll get back to that later. So I'll leave it for now. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because that applies to even teams that you wouldn't even consider to be tier two, right? If Sentinels wanted to look at making an LCS team or they wanted to like look more at League of Legends, then this is actually a pretty good way to do that. They can have a very direct pipeline to if their team is good enough, because obviously they didn't get invited for this time, which means they didn't have a team. Mm -hmm. If their team is good enough, then they can play through the amateur stuff and they will just be directly in an ACL, which is really cool. Yeah, for for context, the organization I'm working with Native actually comes from Halo. They got top three world Mm -hmm. championships right next to, I think, Cloud9 and Optic was it? Um, so there definitely is some interest, and I know that I was talking with quite a few uh, pretty decent-sized names in terms of North American esports that were considering getting into this first split that ended up not end up uh, running a roster. But I think it's pretty exciting to see it probably next split and even the split after that. You'll see a lot uh, larger brand names that you might know from maybe fighting games or from you know like maybe Halo or stuff like that that are going to start potentially getting into League of Legends, which I think is really exciting. Yeah. I think that's that's one of the like best things that could come out of this because, you know, um, Colin, I think you and I have talked about this before, maybe with someone else as well, that NA's strength as a region is that we have orgs that are willing to or, you know, have the potential to invest. And I think giving them an avenue to do so is going to be good for League of Legends in the long run. If we can get something like Valorant, or, excuse me, Valorant, where... There's, you know, we had so many orgs before it was just franchise right now, and a good amount of them, I'd hope, are going into Valorant's tier two. 
the interest there is massive. And I think orgs, you know, would like to assume, uh, like you said, that they have a similar interest in the tier two scene in League of Legends too. And opening that up to them, I think is going to be is going to be a big boost. Yeah, I think the the big takeaway for this, like obviously, this is um, a bit perspective. Um, I think the 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 big thing that's going to happen like right away is that those six amateur teams and maybe others in the future will have more resources, whether that be um, directly from the teams that they're affiliated with or just by playing in an environment with challenger teams, like LCS affiliated teams. Like that is really, really big. They get more exposure to that style of gameplay. And you, you'll probably end up seeing that the scrims will be emulated like pretty directly with the six amateur teams that are in there where they will have a very similar scrim setup and maybe playing scrims against the teams it's going to be weird because they're in la and a lot of the amateur teams are going to be remote um so that might end up being a little weird but you would expect that a lot of these teams are going to have very direct access to those scrims which is a really big deal okay you know, well, I think the integration, um, sorry, Andrea, go on. No, it's okay. Go. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the integration of it is also an aspect that um, I think is is going to end up being good for uh, the amateur scene because now they have easier, if not more direct, I, I don't know what the best word is, pipelines to the big leagues, as you said. You know, if, if I'm on an, if I'm on an amateur org, um, and I am in direct competition with academy orgs for a time period that is not just the one or two months that Proving Ground runs for. Um, I can, you know, have a more stable, a more robust, and a higher skill floor um, practice environment for my players. Uh, and, you know, not, not even just practice environment, a, a more higher skill floor um game environment like the actual um official games so you know i I think it's a um learning by osmosis thing too yeah i can give a direct example of this as well like the things that you're saying um did i I know not everyone in this call watched um a lot of the proving grounds before but there was there was a split where it, it was the it was the first split of this year where Taco Gaming played against Evil Geniuses Academy. Oh, and why did you them. have to ring this one? Come on, because it's why this relevant, one? Andrea. Why it's relevant. One? Come on. Okay. Come on. Anyway, Taco Gaming won, and Doxa like completely trashed them. And what did we get? A split later, Doxa's on Evil Geniuses Prodigies. Like that is that is a very very direct example of Evil Geniuses saying, "Oh, this guy beat our academy team." we should probably look into him. And then they did it enough to where they signed him themselves. Like that is really, really cool. And just, if you think about that as in isolation, in comparison to what this next year is going to be, Doxa played against one Academy team and he, he did that. And he had like a very direct example of, okay, I can beat this player. Imagine if Doxa was able to play against the other nine mid laners also. And like, how many of those would he be better than? Like this is this is so interesting that we're getting to see like all of these direct interactions and like as a fan, you should definitely get excited for that because we will just have six more players in each role fighting for that spot and it is fighting for it too because they you do get a lot of really good resources as an amateur team in NACL, but it's undeniable that you would rather be on the challenger team directly with lcs at least for the time being like i don't know what it's going to look like in the future but at least for now that gives you a very direct pipeline like you're saying up to lcs if you are on one of those academy teams and you do continue to perform so it is a lot more reps against your direct competition the the roles in the league that you're fighting for as a player are directly achievable uh, to you, you have a direct way to prove yourself in that way, which is funny because it's no longer called proving grounds, but it's it's still <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. The taco gaming incident, huh? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry to bring that up. I no, it, it's, it's the perfect example. I mean, no ill will to evil geniuses. No, it's Sad. okay. It's okay. Um, you, you could have spared the pain on her heart a little bit by using the um, AOE ginger turmeric versus I want to say yeah. one hundred. No, one hundred or iron. Well, we don't. Same we day, we don't know if they're going to be promoted onto hundred thieves yet, do we? Yeah. Yeah. I guess and now sure. we do actually because they announced their team. So. Yep. <laughs> that yeah but anyway so um we got some questions about uh qualification uh basically uh there's like questions about how do the uh amateur teams qualify for this league and in this case for example we had uh the provisional teams were selected uh i don't know if the criteria was ever published or whatever but Basically, uh, does anyone want to talk about like this new system that's going to be the promotion and relegation that's going to be happening with those provisional teams? Yeah, uh, I can speak on this a lot because I actually went through the application and Raya got to have a very nice conversation with me about why they rejected the hell out of my team. Um, oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically not bitter, the way... Not better. No, no, no. It, it, criteria is fine uh yeah so basically the way that it worked is that riot took open uh applications they basically said to any lcs team if you are going to run a third team you will get a spot guaranteed that ended up being three orgs the same three that i talked about earlier uh clg FlyQuest, and team liquid and the rest of the spots were open for application uh it went to the uh three teams that i feel like have had the most success about consistently putting together teams that can play against uh, academy teams uh, with both AoE and Fear um, and uh, Wildcard in the past being organizations that have shown that they can build rosters that can do that. Um, yeah, the criteria, I believe, was posted in the initial application. It basically did something along the lines of like org structure, able uh, ability to match values, and then I think that there was one other thing. Um, and yeah, when, when I talked to Riot, basically what Riot really wanted, uh, which I don't think that they'll mind me sharing this, at least when... I talked to them was basically like uh, showing that you were already hitting the ground running in terms of like building out like a roster, like having staff available and stuff like that. So a lot of teams kind of weren't at that point. I think that was a big disqualifier because at the end of the day, right? Riot wants to make sure that whatever teams got accepted into the league uh, are going to be able to compete and they're not just going to get ran over eight. Um, in terms of how teams that weren't selected can qualify, uh, there is going to be a split with 32 teams that are consistently playing in tournament, kind of like the old amateur format. Uh, you are going to get points uh, based on performances in these. And then the top four teams uh, from amateur get to play the bottom four provisional teams. So the bottom four non-academy teams in a tournament at the end of the year for promotion and relegation. Uh, it's double elim. The top four teams get spots. The bottom four get relegated back into qualifiers. Relegation yeah. is back. Yeah, oh, and the fans can finally be happy that we have promotion, relegation, <laughs> and double elim. Worlds can never. Yeah, I think uh, I think that part is really big. Like, obviously, it's not LCS relegation, right? But I think anyone who's listening to this and maybe doesn't know that that's happening, like, this is probably probably a big uh, a big shock that like they actually are doing some promotion relegation stuff. It is just in the amateur side of NACL. The academy teams, the challenger teams, are exempt <laughs> from that. Wait, what? Um, but it will still be really fun because you know who isn't exempt from that? CLG Faith, Team Liquid, First, and FlyFam. All of those teams are actually on the chopping block if they do drop super low. So, yeah. uh, And one of them yeah. is guaranteed to be playing in relegation because yeah. there are uh, three like non-affiliates and then three affiliate teams and the bottom four of the six. So even if all the amateur teams like do terrible, at least one of the LCS affiliates is uh, is going down right. there. I know that I have publicly made it my, my point to whatever team, uh, you know, whatever my org ends up playing against, uh, you know, FlyQuest or like Team Liquid or whatever. That my goal is a hundred percent to like knock them into uh all my qualifiers. Like that is my goal for the split. Okay, the first thing I thought when I heard that, because like I don't know too much about the details, is that there is a scenario where some, if somehow, some way, all six amateur teams get first through six, you'd have third place through sixth place yes. having to do relegations. Yes, hypothetically, that could happen. Sucks. Yeah, I mean. Uh, 
I know a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people were kind of like, "Hey, like, why don't we just full send it with like the promotion relegation?" And I don't want to speak on Riot's behalf, but I would imagine when you have orgs that paid millions of dollars uh, to be, you know, in a league and get a spot, you probably don't want to randomly be like, "By the way, your promotion team, we can just kick you out of the league." Um, which I think is fair. I think at the end of the day, if the goal is just to get amateur players more experience and more exposure and promote, like make the process easier for unknown players to promote and stuff like that, I think that this still accomplishes it, even if, you know, TSM Academy or whoever can't get relegated. TSM Challenger column. I am not going to remember that by the end of this uh, podcast. I am not sorry. Get the reps in. I mean, there's I, I think someone... obviously, like, there's there's the obvious thing about how, like, if Team Liquid is fielding two teams in this, the one that can't get relegated is the one that they want to be better, right? So, like, to to use that as example, I think it would be really weird if Team Liquid first was better than Team Liquid Challenger. Uh, uh it's not impossible, but I mean, have you seen APA? Yeah, true. APA, uh, I... yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. There, there might be a world where a couple of the challenger teams. See, I remembered a couple of the challenger oh, yeah. teams and a couple of the affiliates. Depending on how the affiliate rosters work out, like you might be a little bit surprised. I think a lot of people are gonna be surprised at how some of the affiliates and provincial teams uh, end yeah. up doing. It'll be really fun. Like it'll be, it'll just be a good time seeing like what the academy versus challenger win record is going to be by the end. Like that by itself is gonna be super fun. So like once we actually get into the proving ground stuff. Proving Grounds. Proving the NACL 16-team <laughs> bracket. It's a, at, Proving Grounds is such a snappy name. I don't know why they changed it. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's going to be really fun. There's a little bit of entertainment value there, right? Having one mm -hmm. of the OCS affiliates having to fight it out for their life. Um, <laughs> does anyone remember when CLG didn't make Proving Grounds? Uh, that was yes. a fun day on Reddit. I remember reading that thread and just being like, so, oh, a lot of people want these players to never have a job again. Whoops. So we're not allowed to dunk on evil geniuses, but we can dunk on CLG. Is that what I'm hearing? Hey, hey, I'm a CLU fan. Come on. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> okay, so CLG and EG are off limits. Okay. No, it's, it's... I just remember that because, um, yeah. <laughs> Some people yeah. just like to see the world burn, right? And I mm -hmm. bet that's entertaining for some. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so Noxware um, sent a really, really long question. And I just, um, I, if we can scratch the surface a little bit with this, because it's, it's a really deep, deep topic about um, how is the new format kind of gatekeeping actual amateur teams and brands? Like, will they have less presence? in the riot sanction part of the amateur scenes. How do you guys feel about this? Uh, so so is the, the question basically, is it bad that amateur teams can't get good branding? Um, no. The question was more about like, um, OK, I'm going to read a little bit because. <laughs> OK, go for it. Over time, as more LCS funds and resources put into the scene, the actual amateur orgs will get pushed out due to the nature of the format. So overall, the system will be far better for the players, but you will see less and less amateur pre presence in the riot sanction sanctioned part of the amateur scene. Thus, having more benefits for the players outweigh the cost of eventually pushing amateur orgs out. Or is it unlikely that amateur orgs will be completely pushed out from the NACL over time? uh i think there's two answers to that uh is it worth it i say yes i mm -hmm. think at the end of the day like the purpose of amateur is for the players first um the way that it should be designed is that you create something where orgs are participating but all at the end of the day the benefits should like prioritize on the players right like tier three of any anything right like tier three baseball is not designed to make those tier three orgs money it's designed to be like a fodder system for talent um and my other side of that is I think basically all the amateur brands were already gone. Uh, if anything, you're, you're seeing orgs come back, right? So Wildcard had already left, even after having one of the most successful splits possible, mm -hmm. um, right after they implemented like the, the buyout system where if you promoted a player to an LCS team that you would get financial compensation to kind of incentivize stuff. Um, Wildcard had left. Um, 
uh, most of the orgs had left. The only one that has been around for a really, really long time, which is probably before anyone on this podcast actually watched stuff, uh, is like Supernova. And they are the only org left from like the even like a few years back. So I don't think uh, I think it is worth it. But also, I don't think it limits. Uh, I don't think it requires amateur brands to leave. I think if anything, they're coming back. And again, you're bringing in, you know, more brands that are a bit more stable, have a bit more financial compensation, which again ends up helping players, right? Like, uh, I don't want to get too much into specifics about like money and benefits and stuff like that. But like, if you would have told anyone like a year ago what some of like the amateur players or some of like the even the OQ like orgs like myself, TFT, stuff like that, like what we would be providing to players, you would be like, players just wouldn't believe you because it literally used to be like $25 a month, right? Um, mm. So I think it, overall it is a good thing. And I think if it pushes down like, you know, memer gamers uh, branding, then I guess it is what it is, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, I... Yeah, I also... want to chime in specifically Hi, about the... Yeah, sorry. Um, no I wanted to chime in specifically about like the, the 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 point we made about the orgs that participate in the lower tiers and the sort of the debate around that. So you know we we talked a little bit about the um, the T three teams in like baseball, for example, right? Now in traditional sports, at least in the United States, most of these clubs or most of these teams are affiliated directly with um, with 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 major league teams, right? So. For example, um, the New York Yankees have the Scranton Rail Riders, and that team exists for the sole purpose of, you know, obviously they want to sell their own seats, but they exist to send people up to the main team, right? Um, like we said. And that is something that I hope there is an equivalent of in the NACL, because sometimes what happens is when these orgs, they become more inclined towards winning uh, as compared to developing, then we have a problem. Um, and I don't want to beat a dead horse to bringing up um, EU Masters again, but let's take a look at uh, Carmine Corp again and their roster um, for last split, which I don't know who it had, except that it had Reckless, uh, who everyone of course knows, and Cabochard, who used to play um, on Vitality in the LEC, and he made it to Worlds in 2018. I remember this because um, Cloud9 kicked their ass. on the way out of the group (laughs) but what i was trying to do here is that a roster with yeah okay so i have it here with me it was cabochard 113 sakin reckless and hontera and that is a roster that you look at it and it's very clear that the intention of that roster is to win tier two they were designed to you know um to win your uh, to win eu masters which is now emea masters as um, as a primary focus, not so much as to develop talent. And some people had the um, take on it that okay, well they're in tier they're in tier two. Their job is to develop talent. Their job is to promote this talent to the LEC. And other or other people had the idea that you know Carmine Corp gets nothing from sending players to LEC. They are in you know, the league that they're in, they want to win their league. They want to do the best they can within the competitive structure that they're in. Why should they be looked at negatively or why should they be penalized for building the best roster that they can to build the league that they, um, that they are participating in? So, you know, in 2000 and I don't know, 26, if you were to have a situation where for some reason Bjergsen and Doublelift want to play on AOE, which is, you know, let's say at this point, a very, established brand in tier three would it be unethical for you know for area of effect to field um this roster because their only intention is to win the tier two league and they sort of lost sight of that purpose um of the league which is to develop talent in the first place and i think that is you know a very layered sort of debate there's no right answer to that i personally i know i lean more towards the side that their goal should be develop talent but i don't know if everyone will agree with me. Um, before talk we talk on like that, I do also want to bring up like that. As if you're consistently successful as an org, in like as an amateur org in NACL, that means like you keep the spot. And I would assume I don't know the details because obviously like I'm on the outside, but 
Riot would offer would offer probably financial support, logistical support in any sort of way because you are on that tier two level. And if you're consistently performing, I don't know how much, if at all, but I would hope so. I can say, as far as I'm aware, I don't think that's the case. I, yeah, I think really. I, th- I, I mean, I think it's as far as not set up to do that now. Yeah, I, I think there's a world where if you consistently have teams that are just keeping their spots and they're doing something, maybe more than just paying the most out of like amateur teams. Um, I, I'm sure Riot does care about that because the the main writers that are running it. Uh, which is Whipley and Trinity. Uh, those guys do care a lot about like the ecosystem as a whole and uh, making sure it's sustainable and trying to create something that works for everyone. Um, and they'll be the first one to acknowledge that they've made mistakes in the past and that Riot's made mistakes on it. But like again, they're they're trying out this format, so you never know. I think stuff definitely could change in the future. Um, a lot of it's just unknown, right? A lot of it is there's going to be a lot of changes this year, both with like you know this level and LCS. So everyone's kind of like up in the air on stuff, but uh, I'm sure that Riot would entertain any idea that makes things better for players and orgs that are in the space. And like, I also think outside of that, like just if if you're an amateur org and you have consistent success, like that is good for your brand image, like outside of like any support that Riot may or may not give. So like that, I think that being a part of NACL and staying consistently in NACL as like one of the top two amateur teams, like it is as a whole good for that org. Yeah, it's yeah, really good for I, that org. I, I think we're losing track here a little bit. My point was like, okay, you know, if I'm an amateur org and my goal is all right, I want to win the the um excuse me the NACL seventy five mm-hmm. times in a row, and in order to do that, I am going to you know, you know, I I don't care fuck all about the amateur players that i'm trying to work with i am just going to you know um buy any lcs players that orgs are willing to dump and i'm going to stash them on my roster and they're going to win me the league over and over again because that is what some people claim um teams in europe are doing right and i think it's a very real thing that might happen in na and that is i think the one um sort of concern that i have about the structure because you know, the, what, what is stopping them from saying, all right, you cannot do this, right? What is, what is forcing these orgs to, um, or what is incentivizing them? Forcing may not be the best word. What is incentivizing them to actually use this league for the purpose of developing rookies? Because, you know, if you think about it, there's a point to be made that what, what does AOE gain from, you know, or I'm using AOE as a placeholder, of course, it could be any other amateur org. What benefit is it to them if their only purpose there is to be a feeder system for, you know, LCS teams, right? Yeah, I think in general, uh, amateur teams, I don't think has ever really, like, as much as we want to say, like, amateur teams help develop talent and stuff like that. Um, Also, sorry for keyboard. Um, That's never really been the case. Most of the time, like, amateur teams are just designed to win. And then teams have looked at them and been like, okay, what pieces on this team do we think are good, right? Like, you can look at Ginger Turmeric, right, who was the best amateur team. And you can look at that roster and maybe, you know, like, teams identified, we already know that Wixie has a spot on Immortals Academy. Um, so maybe, you know, they identified uh, him as, like, a potential option. Or, like, maybe him and Keel, or, like, you know, him and Shrimps or whoever, right? Um, it never really has been the onus of, like, the amateur orgs to develop a talent. Um, the Riot kind of did the thing with the buyout system, but that didn't really end up mattering because, for a lot of reasons, that would take way too long to get into. Um, and I don't want to like get too much into like random rumors and stuff like that. But uh, to your point about like former pro players, uh, like LCS caliber players in like trying out and maybe being on amateur teams, I think, uh, I think you might be a bit surprised uh when NACL comes around. So. Um, something I wanted to say on that topic that you brought up, Maya, is that like I don't think that most amateur teams have the kind of like have that level of like finances to be able to afford like you know something on the level of Carmen Corp, like unless yeah, like things like work out magically some way. So I think the only teams that would be doing that are your academy slash challenger teams or your LCS affiliated amateur teams. But if you were those teams, 
wouldn't you just want to promote those plays if they're that good? No, yeah. I mean, yeah. Carmine Corp was just an example. I think Febivan played for um, another team in the OFL, right? But, I, you know, I, I get your point about budget. But then you, you end up in a conundrum where something like, let's say, um, a player that is coming off a bad split in the LCS, right? Um, and maybe is not... Uh, someone that would be highly regarded as a candidate for someone that can come back. Obviously, you know, I'm not saying that that can happen, uh, but someone that you would assume to be, quote unquote, on like the downhill slope of their career, right? And if they have nowhere else to play and um, ABC Amateur Org shows up contract in hand and says, okay, well, we're not going to be able to, you know, pay you a bajillion dollars, but we'll have a spot to play in a, in the the closest thing that you can get to the LCS, who's to say they would not take it? Oh, I, I mean, yeah, Colin raised a point about living wage, I guess, but I I think that's the way I'm looking at it. That if if it's the next best option for them, I don't see where they would go. Yeah, that's a great so, question for TSM Reggie. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so the I think the the crux of what you're saying is like should should amateur teams be built for development or should they be built to just win is that what you're like basically saying absolutely yeah yeah because there's so, there's no way to stop them from being built to win and if they are built yeah. to win then to some degree i'd argue that they cannot be built for both at the same time optimally yeah i agree you know you can compromise but so uh the difference is the amateur teams that are built to win are the amateur teams that are not LCS affiliate. The amateur teams that are LCS affiliate are built for development. Also built to win because again, there's the de there's the relegation system, but they are mainly built for development because I mean, we've seen over the the last couple of years the pipeline where Evil Geniuses has promoted a player from their amateur pipeline to LCS. Hundred Thieves may or may not be doing that as well if we are to assume the rumors are correct. Um, they're all in Korea together. So I think, I think that's probably pretty accurate, but those teams are built for development because they have a direct pipeline and they can put those resources in and they do get direct coaching access and like team access and like the GMs get to talk to these people and everything. Um, so for, for team liquid first, for example, that is going to be a team that is built for development more so than just to win. But AOE is not developing anything within AOE. They don't benefit from developing players. They never have, and they probably never will, um, unless the developmental fees get like drastically different. And that is, I don't think that's a bad thing. It might be a bad thing for AOE, but truthfully like the people that have been around amateur for a long time and the people that are still like doing things in amateur they know better than literally anybody else that nobody is doing that for profit nobody is doing it for uh like how much money they think they can make off of the space nobody's doing it because they uh they feel like they can make a fortune or they can like I don't know, exploit people in, in whatever way. They're doing it because it's fun and they enjoy the like people that they're around and they enjoy the, the space. And I think that that is still going to remain true even if a team is in NACL. Um, like I said, unless things drastically change with how Riot is like choosing to fund these teams. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but that has been the case for, for many, many years now. Um, whether or not you see that as a problem, I suppose, is another conversation. But yeah, amateur teams have never been, never been built for development uh, at all, other than the affiliated ones. Okay. Well, that was a very interesting discussion. Um, I think it's going to be really exciting to have this new format. Um, surely, I, Riot has been iter iterating uh, 
on different ideas during the last couple of years of making uh, the systems better. So it's it's really good to see that they are taking this sort of even more different approach from the years before. Like Proving Grounds was great, and then we are still trying to improve on it. So I think that's that's really good. Um, a lot of the other questions that we got from Twitter and from Discord were about players. People are really want to know uh, more about uh, what players should we be looking out for. So I think I would like to take uh, some time to talk a little bit about what are some names that you guys think we should be looking out for? Is this for the recent LCS promotions or oh, uh, okay. people in I had, I, had, right now? I actually had a very specific question about the recent LCS promotion. So, and I know you would like to talk about some of those. So Numi asked uh, what storyline should we be aware for our upcoming academy promoted to LCS players? Mm. I love <laughs> that question. I'm very excited as well. Go Spikes, go. Um, so, uh, again, based on roster rumors and what is to be expected from that, we have five promoted players into LCS. 100 Thieves has two of them. That is Tenacity in the top lane and Busio in support. Um, Team Liquid has two of them. And that is uh, Yawn in the AD carry position and Harry in mid. And FlyQuest has the fifth that being Ayla on support. So we almost hit one of every role. Uh, unfortunately, we uh, doubled up on support, but those two supports, uh, very, very skilled. Um, first of all, I, I do just want to say, uh, I, I can I like self-plug something? Because I do have a piece of content that is specifically about this, uh, that is a bit longer. I don't know if you want me to do that. I guess I kind of already did. You can cut this out. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big Ayla fan personally. Um, if you've seen me talk about Ayla on Twitter, uh, then you would know that uh, I am his number one fan, and he is absolutely so so good. Uh, the biggest thing that I loved about Ayla over the last uh, two years that he played in Academy on Team Liquid was his leadership and his uh, willingness to. Uh, push his teammates around him. And I think that lends itself very well to Academy. Um, for LCS, I think he's actually going to have some pretty big shoes to fill in that way. Because one, I mean, just on FlyQuest alone, he's taking the place of Aphromoo, um, which obviously we all know is a, a very big voice, a longstanding player in LCS. But also just like he's not going to be playing with rookies anymore. He's going to be playing with a lot of seasoned veterans, um, some of which, again, if the rosters are to be believed, uh, from uh, Korea in Prince. So I think it's going to be uh, a big a big difference for him. But I do think that his skills that he's honed over the last two years are going to apply very well to this. Uh, it's often very important to be a large voice on your team when you're playing support. Um and I think he's definitely well-suited to do that. I also think he is probably, uh, it's not even probably, he is, alongside Busio, the the two best mechanical supports that we had in Academy for the last year. Um, so I think he's definitely going to hold his own in that way. Um, yeah, that's my that's my Ayla spiel. I can give spiels on all of them, but I assume that Colomer has some also, unless you just want me to talk about all five in a row. Oh, if you want to do LCS, that's fine. I I will stick to NACL stuff because that's what I All know right. better. If you want to do LCS, well, go for I'll, it. I'll cut it shorter for the rest of them. Then obviously, I'm the I'm the big Halo <laughs> fan. But, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I already talked a lot about Busio. He previously was a mid laner, uh, playing in the amateur space. So he has really solid mechanics. He has a lot of Senna combinations that he loves to mm -hmm. try out. I'm sure a lot of us have seen his uh, like Camille support and Yasuo support. These like funky, uh, weird picks that he can pilot because he is very mechanically skilled. Um, it's rare to get that out of a support. Um, but I I'm really really excited for him as well. He's uh, as Cubby likes to point out all the time, a very, uh, very young player, um, and uh, he's uh, very mature and uh, well-spoken and um, level-headed. Uh, so I, I expect him to suit the LCS ecosystem very, very well, and uh, I am looking forward to seeing him play more with Doublelift because we got to see him play duo on uh, Doublelift stream the other day, which is very fun. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Tenacity, very mechanically uh, skilled player also. Going to be a trend here, honestly. Um, Tenacity started in amateur in 2020 on 100 Thieves, and he's been with 100 Thieves the entire time, which is really cool. Um, this is, I think, the the biggest uh, success story as far as like promotional pipeline for 100 Thieves that they've had uh, in their entire time in LCS. Like, assuming Tenacity works out well, um, which I think he will, like, he smurfed it on their third team, he smurfed it on their second team, and now I think he's going to smurf it on their first team in LCS. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I think the top lane pool um, in LCS is going to push him to be a lot better because I think top is one of LCS's more stacked roles, especially in the new split with Summit returning. Um, so I'm very excited for that and uh, definitely very proud of him. He's very skilled at a lot, a lot of different kinds of champions. So uh, expect a lot of the fighters, but also uh, some good tank play too. Um, as far as, uh, team liquid goes, um, Yon, uh, Yon played with Ayla for the entire time. So I, I, I think very highly of him because of that. Uh, like he was a very, very good pair with Ayla, who again is my favorite player. Um, so definitely looking forward to seeing him play too. Very skilled in the team fights. Um, I, I, again, I'm sure we've all seen that Zary clip of his, I think it got like millions of views on Twitter. So, um, expect some stuff like that. He's very skilled at that stage of the game and he's, uh, he's worked with very, uh, well-established professional, uh, people for his entire academy career. So, um, I think he's going to slot right in, uh, which again is a trend for all these players. And lastly, Harry, truthfully, uh, Harry took kind of a backseat for a lot of his time on, uh, Team Liquid. A lot of the players around him shone a lot brighter, um, with the exception being, uh, the most recent Proving Grounds finals where he absolutely demolished Dignitas. Um, but I think he, uh, I think he's going to have a really good opportunity to prove that he is a lot more than just like a backseat player on this team. Um, truthfully, of all the of all the rookies, just off of seeing gameplay, I am, I guess by by default, the least excited about Harry, just because I'm so excited about all of these people. But if I had to rank them, probably Harry would be last. Um, but uh, again, that's not a slight to Harry. I'm still very excited for him, and I think he's going to do very well. Thank you, spiel over. Uh, <laughs> summer for that. That was a long I, spiel. I, I really summer. appreciate that you talk about people that weren't boozy on tenacity because we really uh they are already favorites of this podcast and we kind of talk about them I every single episode so it's a little bit we love an oh. down here it's different <laughs> that's me <laughs> <laughs> Delphi's gonna kill me for this but um, <laughs> <laughs> um so thank you so much summer um now if we could <laughs> we had uh cozy asked who are the most exciting or fun players to watch for in NACL and amateur? Oh uh, boy! Anyone wants to? I think my answer, my answer is pretty clear. So I'll wait. I'll wait no, for someone. No, you, you can go for it. I got. I got to think. Obviously down. I, I got to show you. Okay, I'll go. Um, um, my favorite player, I think, in uh, NACL is Copy. He was. He is someone that I am reluctant to see in challengers league which is you know due to the fact that i think that he should not have been there this year then he should have been in the lcs nonetheless um copy is my favorite player in part because of our nmn brand of vibes picture that with a sparkle emoji on either side <laughs> um and you know as far as gameplay is concerned i like to think that he is a younger more raw niski um, and Niski was one of my favorite players, um, especially when he was on Cloud9 in the 2020 C9, 17, and one run. Um, and yeah, I, I think he's really correct. And I will throw a temper tantrum if he is not here in summer. And I will throw an even bigger temper tantrum if he is not here next spring. All right, I'll go next. I have. Um... By the way, none of what I say will be analytical at all. It's all vibes. So I have two <laughs> players. Two players and one team. I'll get the team out of the way first. I am contractually obligated to say that EG EG challengers will do well. Look out for them. Um, all right, now that I got that out of the way, 
Uh, two players I'm looking out for and hyped about just purely based on vibes. Uh, let's start with um, APA making his uh, Academy debut or Challenger debut. Uh, I have been high on APA for a long, long time. I know a lot of people have been high on APA. Uh, from what I've seen, he's a grinder. He's also was an ASL one trick at first, which is which is sick. And um, in summer 2021, when he when he was on Resolve or Barrage, I'm not sure which one it was. Um, I was I refed for them um, in their match against Clown and Academy, and APA alongside the rest of the team, PCL, Fnatic. Uh, Winter and I think the coach and then Array I believe, um, they were the most they were one of the greatest teams to work with. They were really chill, like they they were really fun to talk to, and like they even like made me hype them up ahead of their match, which was a lot of fun to do. So, I think APA is going to do well. Um, secondly, this is my UCSB bias. Um, I am excited for Fake God to do well. Um, it was weird seeing Fake God like on campus. I think I like I had a class with him, and then outside of that, um, he was involved with our league team, helped out in coaching the A team, our A team for a little bit. But yeah, I really want Fake God to do well. I hope he succeeds. Um, now, since he's on Cloud and Academy. Um, I have faith in Cloud9 to uh, make sure he develops and does does amazingly. But uh, yeah, um, UCSB is where good League of Legends players go. That that's how that, that's why Fake Gods in the LCS or Academy. You mean challengers, but okay. Yeah, yeah, challengers. <laughs> and in, in the Salt League, in the Salt League. That's Salt League. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Yon. So now you can go, Clummer. Cool. Um, so my like prediction, not like prediction, but like who I'm actually most excited to see is probably going to catch a lot of people off guard. Uh, I'm really excited about FlyQuest, uh, FlyQuest Challengers. Let me actually scroll back up to where the actual uh, spreadsheet was, other than the chat that we have. Have they the been background. announced yet, Colomer? Uh, no, but the mm. rumored roster exists, so I'm going to run with it anyway. Uh, I mm. this is not me leaking. I'm just going by the spreadsheet that was posted of stuff even though it still has uh city witty as teal support and that's not true um so the FlyQuest academy rumored roster was philip ug spyrax masu and winsome uh which i think if your goal is what team is going to have like the most future lcs players i think that ug and spyrax have been some of the best jungle mid pairing in challenger slash academy uh as long as these guys have played um literally they had like a rough start for, for like the first few weeks that they both played and they've just excelled ever since uh philip we saw him in lcs last year um and so being back in challengers he definitely will just probably stomp some people especially some of the new players uh i think masu was one of maybe 280 carry prospect or three i guess if you count wixie of players that i was actually interested and in, really really hoping to see go to challengers or academy this year um, so if that is the case, I give a lot of credit to FlyQuest for picking him up. I think he was one of the only AD carries in amateur that was like aggressive and could win his lanes outright. Um, and then Winsome is like a core staple for that roster in terms of like having experience and stuff like that. So overall, I think that roster is great. I think AD carry is like a really, really weak pool right now for North America below LCS. Uh, and I'm really excited to kind of see that Masu got an opportunity. Um, and then I'm always excited to see more UG and Spyrex because I think both those guys will be LCS at some point. Oh, I expected something more longer. Okay. Oh, I, I can get, no, I can keep going. Sorry. I, I forgot I needed that max uh, energy. Um, I, I can also just talk about individual players that I really hope to see in NACL, whether it's challengers or not. Um, top lane, I really want to see. Uh, Dragoon get an opportunity to be on a challengers team, hopefully. Uh, if not, go to NACL. I think his shampoo is really interesting. I think he's a really funny guy. I think he's really easy to market in terms of like player branding. Uh, he's really funny. If you ever kind of streamed, it's like great. 
Uh, I think jungle-wise, if Fnatic does not end up on an NACL roster, I swear I will start DMing people very, very bad things. Uh, I think that guy legitimately would be one of like the top five junglers, period, in an ACL, and there's a chance that like maybe he doesn't end up on a roster. I think that's a joke. Uh, I think teams should be ashamed that they don't have him if they're able to. Uh, mid lane wise, I really hope Doxa gets an opportunity. Uh, I think Doxa has been like the amateur staple for so many years now, um, and it, even in like Legion stuff too. So I really hope that he gets an opportunity. AD carry, like I said, Masu. Um, really happy that he is rumored to get a spot. The other person would be Shogo. I need someone to please give my guy a job because he can't play in OQs because of his citizenship status. So um, someone needs to pick up Shogo already. Uh, and then support wise, it's actually really interesting. Um, I don't know if anyone jumps off the page for supports for me. Yeah, I think support is really interesting because I think that there isn't... Re oh, Rovex. I'm so stupid. Uh, yeah, I think Rovex should hopefully be getting an opportunity somewhere. Uh, ever since he roll swapped from mid, uh, from playing mid lane at Columbia College to roll swapping to support, I've worked with him very limited on teams a couple years ago. Uh, I really hope that he gets an opportunity. His champion is very diverse for a support player. Uh, and I think he's just really intelligent. And uh, I respect a player whose entire brand is being down bad. So much respect to him. And I really hope on some level, a lot of those players get opportunities. Is is that more uh, substantial, Andre? Or do you want me to keep going? Because I can. <laughs> oh, you can, you can, if you want to. Uh, yeah. No, I, I if I go any further, I'm going to start like leaking like players that, okay, I, okay, 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 okay. that I'm looking at. So... Uh, which my tryouts do start literally tomorrow evening. So some of those players you guys will see if you tune in to watch the tryouts. But yeah. Yeah, no, Colomir, Colomir, that's an important question um, that that Numi put in the chat. Do you respect Delphi for being down bad? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Damn. No, I do. Del Del I mean, okay, Delphi can, Delphi can do whatever Delphi wants to do. It's fine. I, I have no opinion on it either way. I, I respect Delphi's ability to do whatever the fuck she wants to do. <laughs> I respect Delphi so much. Anyway, I guess it's my turn. Um, you stole my APA answer. He was going to be one Sorry. of mine. That's okay. It's very, uh, very understandable that everyone should be super excited for APA. Um, instead, I am going to only give one answer, um, and that is to my girl Mia because she tweeted out the signing contract gif. I don't know what team she's going to be on. Oh, yeah. Whatever team she's on, she's going to win. Mia is the GOAT. I am, from a new, more neutral perspective, I am excited to see what Mia. What do you mean more yeah. neutral? That's you <laughs> are political. One of, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I, I think the oh man i i don't want to be negative negative that i think mia is one of the only ad carry prospects like going into last year she was one of the only like ad carry prospects that a lot of people like actually cared about frankly that were like oh is this person maybe going to get to academy uh and egp uh for lack of a better term kind of flopped i i don't think that team had nearly as much success as they should have for the caliber of individual talent on that team so I am hoping that wherever she is at, because uh, I think she tweeted out that it's not with EG and it's with another org. I hope that the change yeah, of scenery sure. enables her to uh, kind of showcase what she's capable of, because I think she's capable of a lot more than she showcased last what or last year. Yeah, she uh, other than other than Ayla was my favorite player to watch in Proving Grounds all of last year. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. Um, I would not be surprised if she was not the only uh, woman in the league also. I think Let's go! A, there's a pretty high likelihood that there are more. Not that, uh, not that that is like anything other than, other than just a fact, but that's, uh, that's, that's something that I am really looking forward to. Cause I have a lot of friends who are, I think really competitive. Uh, obviously, I don't think it was much of a secret that I was there for like game changers and stuff this year. Um, and I got to see a lot of them play in a super competitive environment and uh, just like grind and work on themselves as players and as teammates. And I think a lot of them looked really, really good. So I hope that a lot of them get uh, opportunities, whether whether it's in the the six amateur teams or in the league underneath that.
Yeah, I'm really, um, I guess we don't have a lot of information yet on the professional teams. And there's like a bunch of players that still I'm surprised to not see uh, tied to a team yet. So mm-hmm. kind of waiting to see like to <laughs> if I should be outraged or not. Um, but I, I think there are certain players that uh, I think you know, there's going to be a lot of outrage. Uh, I <laughs> I don't want to get into like too much like drama or stuff like that. But I think, uh, again, if a fanatic, especially if there's a world where he doesn't end up in NACL team, like everyone kind of needs to look inward and just look in the mirror and be like, something is wrong with me. I need to figure out what it is because uh, that guy is way too good to not be on the team. I hope we will be getting more news about all, all of the rosters. I'm really interested in seeing what Fear is going to feel. Fear was an organization yeah. that I started following. Um, well, they started technically last year. Well, this year, right? So, and I think they they seem really committed. And the roster they put together this year was really. Um, I mean, it was one of my favorite rosters. So, I'm really excited to see what they're going to be putting together. Um, I, I really can't wait to have like the full. Uh, confirm rosters, and then maybe we can talk a little bit more about NACL. Um, so that's it for the show today. Um, we're gonna do our shoutouts. Um, basically, you can just show anything you want and tell us a little bit about where can we find you. Uh, we can start with John. Yeah. So uh, you can find me on social media. Uh, John. At John the Host sixty four on Twitter, and uh, shout out to EG for still um, for for um, employing me. I'm still with them for at least another week until my contract ends. And, uh, and shout you're out. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully not. But uh, and then a uh, shout out to uh, the NA. Shout out to NACL for being um, for expanding to more amateur teams. I am hoping more news comes out. That way I could see more full roster JPEGs. I'm hyped. Okay. Maya? Yep, so um, you can find me on Twitter at LCS Miracle. That's spelled M-I-R-A-K-K-E-L. LCS is spelled the normal way LCS is spelled. I don't think there's an alternative spelling to that. Uh, yeah, so for anyone who is interested and is craving League of Legends and is excited about NACL after this episode, uh, my org native is going to be streaming our tryouts uh, for the next three days over at twitch.tv slash nativegaming, I believe is the link. Um, you get to see some of the players that are going to be on our roster, get to actually watch some in-house games, fully produced, fully casted, stuff like that with some great people in the community, including Summer Smacks Hyde. Um, and yeah, I think... Uh, my bold take is that I think there's probably only going to be one or two teams that promote this year, and I think my org is going to be one of them. So I think that you should check out the tryouts and see what players are going to do that. Yeah, uh, especially if you liked listening to me talk, because I'm going to be talking on that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, what is the what is the link for that, Brandon? Uh. The Twitch is twitch.tv slash native gaming, I believe. And then mm-hmm. I will be tweeting out the links and all like the relevant information on my Twitter at bcolumer, B-C-O-L-L-A-M-E-R. And if you don't care about League of Legends at all, I don't know why the hell you're here, but there's also cat photos. So go ahead. <laughs> anyway. Cool. Uh, go there tomorrow. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for uh, having me. I, uh, I guess I want to shout out uh my friend samantha it's her birthday today it is december 7th oh i screwed up happy birthday happy birthday samantha i forgot too happy birthday samantha um and yeah uh please 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 support the nacl league uh in 2023 i'm really looking forward to it i think all of the changes look absolutely amazing and uh i really Love all the players in that league and, uh, you know, also the ones that got promoted up to LCS, as I'm sure you're aware, if you listen to my whole spiel, that was probably too long and I'm probably going to get told that I should talk less. Um, please talk more. Yeah, please, uh, please tune into that league. Um, I'm going to be trying to do whatever I can to, you know, be on that show 
in in any way I can. Uh, but if I'm not, then I'll be in the Twitch chat with you. So it's going to be a very, very fun year. I have one more shout out. <laughs> Go. Uh, just, you know, just just uh, in case like anyone forgets, um, shout out to uh, Summer and Kualami for coming on. Uh, definitely cool to talk and learn more about uh, the Salt League. Uh, admittedly, I didn't know much, so yeah, it was great. It was great uh, getting to hear all this and getting to learn more, and I will check out a lot more League content this year, or this coming year. Thanks for having me. It was very, very fun. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me. I enjoy rambling about random stuff I'm passionate about, so thank you. Well, that's it then. Thank you so much for listening to uh, us. Uh, if you ever have a question or anything, we have a Twitter account. You can follow us at NAMN Central. We also have a Discord that is open so anyone can join. And you can always drop a question for us or anything you would like to know. Uh, thank you and good night.